All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're ready to rock and roll this thing. Crisis. Holy moly, are we going through it today. Guys, you guys are going to be tuned for this one. Here we go. Check it out. Shut up and sit down. Business Bros. Business Bros is your show where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Sias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and Jane Sias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Ladies and gentlemen, we're ready to rock and roll today. We got some special guests, authors, authors, ladies and gents, not just authors, but people who've been in the nitty gritty, ready to rock and roll, doing things in crisis, doing things in uptimes as well as downtimes. And we are literally going through it right now. Uh, one of the biggest crises in definitely in my lifetime, it was, you know, 9-11 was a big one. And then now we, the world has stopped with uh, COVID-19. So I want to welcome to the program, Richard and Charlie Jaff. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. Uh, first, let's just start off with the most obvious. How does a father-daughter duo start and write a book? Well, Charlie, I'll let you tell it. So, well, my dad had the idea to write the book as he'd been going around giving talks to different business school students and always an entrepreneur and looking to make things more efficient and effective. He figured writing a book, he would have to go to less places, get the message out quicker. And so he had started writing it and had asked for a little bit of feedback. And I don't really hold back in our dynamic as you'll soon see. So it went really well and pretty quickly he said, hey, do you wanna do this thing? Let's do this together. And it was an absolutely incredible, beautiful roller coaster ride from there. I have a daughter, and from the sound of that story, that's one side. It kind of sounds like you had a project, Richard, and she took over. Well, not really, Hern. I mean, what Charlie said is true, but I have started, coming out of college, I started an Italian ice business, struggled, almost went broke, turned around, took it public, and sold it to Coca-Cola. We took all the money we made in that, started up uh, SafeSkin, which is a latex in San Diego, um, a latex glove company in the late 80s for AIDS. Almost went broke, had foreclosure notices, personal guarantees being called, fortunately turned it around, took it public, and sold it to Kimberly Clark. So there was an enormous amount of crisis. And so I used to speak to Cornell and UCSD and other students about crisis and the happiness and success. And then I said, let me see if I can write a book. I don't have to travel. And Charlie's just an incredible writer. And so I told the stories, but I kept saying, what happened? And she said, Dad, no, I don't want to know what happened. Tell me what you think, what you feel, what you say. So I started writing it because of the common themes to happiness and success. And Charlie says, no, teach me, my friends, how did you keep your emotional stability to crisis? And the book, Turning Crisis into Success, is a series of story after story after story of crisis after crisis and how I got out of it and what I did. I will that's say. How... Yeah, go for it. Go for it, Charlie. 
there is the awesome added benefit of I would have never had an excuse to sit my dad down and say, so let's talk about your childhood insecurities. Like take all the dark feelings that he likes to just sort of gloss over uh, and get to dig really deep into them. And to his credit, he was totally game. And that- I would tell you, I used to think I'd have a life until I read my own book. I saw all the crises I went through. But Charlie said, tell me your deepest, darkest hurts, secrets, how'd you get out of it? And I was open and willing, and you have a daughter, just think there's nothing greater than talking to your own offspring about happiness and success. It's one of those unique things. Uh, I, I, I share this with my daughter. There's no way I can tell my daughter and show her really what my grandfather was like. Like I have memories of my grandfather, his personality, you know, the way he spoke, his, his sense of humor, all that stuff. But I can't show that to her. There's no way she'll ever be able Correct. to grasp that. At least today, you know, the experience you had is something that you're going to have in your memory banks. But then you have video like this where we get to hear what you actually, you know, more so, you know, it's one thing when you read the words because your imagination kind of goes with the story. But when you hear from the author, when you hear stories like where you really do get into that explanation of why you were feeling that particular way, because everybody who's been in business at any point understands that it's nothing but hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. There is, you know, it's glamorized in Hollywood of sunshine and rainbows and that sort of stuff and high life and great money. But what they don't always tell you is that grind and that hard work and that problem sure. solving. Tell me a little How bit about- How old is your daughter? How old is your daughter? She's 11. Yeah, so it's very interesting because about a year into writing the book, Charlie said to me, Dad, I have a lot more respect for you now. And I said, why, you didn't respect me before? And she said, no, but she says, you never really built any businesses. And I says, what do you mean never built, built any businesses? She said, all you did was go from crisis to crisis to crisis. I said, sweetheart, that's all building a startup business is. It's going from crisis to crisis to crisis. Now, my father taught me something very early. I worked with him, my first two businesses. He used to continue to create crisis for me. I used to complain about it. He said, no, son, I'm just trying to help you. Listen closely. Crisis is just change over a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm trying to help you change quickly. And that is true. It's hard. It's nice to look back upon. And today we are going through a crisis we've never seen before in our lifetime. And this is a time for opportunity. This is a time to take the change and say, how do we come out of it? How do we do better? Charlie, growing up, your dad was going through some crazy stuff. I mean, he talked about foreclosure notices coming in, almost going broke. The weight on your shoulders, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation as, as an adult, but when when those notices come in and you're looking at your bank account and it's not where you want it to be, the number keeps getting smaller instead of getting bigger, you know, and you have kids and a roof to keep over your head, all that stuff really adds up. What did you see in your dad growing up? Did you see the stress or did you see a different perspective in him? Yeah, well, I would say this is, I did not realize how incredibly lucky I was because I know other people who grew up with parents as entrepreneurs. And for the vast majority of them, the roller coaster of the business became the roller coaster of the home life. Uh, And that wasn't the case for me. My dad was quite extraordinary at managing his emotions and essentially leaving business at the door. So Maybe I noticed things were like slightly tense, but I'm talking like a slight tenseness versus the giant weight he was carrying. So when he was present with us, he really was present with us. Uh, You know, maybe we didn't see him all the time as much as we'd wanted to, but I have to give my dad 
quite a bit of credit for his ability to not bring the giant weight of work home to us. Because uh, that's something that a lot of kids of entrepreneurs don't, that's a gift that many of them don't get. Yeah, yeah and Charlie, Charlie was six months and our son Brett was uh, three and a half when I got a foreclosure notice. And my wife said, don't worry, honey, I'll go back to work. Sweetheart, you can make 60, 70 grand. I owe $10 million. You take care of the kids and let me figure out how to get out of it. So she saw the end of it as we came out of it, as we went to sell the company. But, you know, the bottom line is, I think it's really, really important for all entrepreneurs to separate their self-worth from their achievements. Hmm. And even at the very lowest point where I thought I was going to lose everything and my friends kept saying, how can you keep your shit together? And I said, listen, I have my health and I have my family. If I have to recreate what I have, what I have, I will. I don't want to. But I, did, I knew I wasn't a failure. The business might have failed. But I've always had this inner peace. I've always loved myself. I have this real sense of, of who I am. And I try the, as hard as I can every single day. And when I got to the lowest point, and I used to live in Del Mar, I said to myself, success is getting up in the morning and jogging along the beach and seeing the waves crash. That's all I want to do is every single day. Take it one step at a time. And you know, this too shall pass. And even with this crisis, this too shall pass. How do we get through it together? That, that right there, the how do we get through it, that's kind of the key to pretty much anything. That's the, that's the key. That, that, that's the glue that holds most entrepreneurs together. Because let's be honest, taking a company and selling it off to one of those major companies that you, you mentioned, what you ended up doing. Most people get stuck at the I wear all the hats at the beginning stage. They don't ever develop a business. They de they create a job for themselves. Can you tell me a little bit about what it takes to capitalize on a on a on a situation like today to, you know, see this as an opportunity, but at the same time not get stuck and trapped in a business that consumes all your time so you have time for your children. Sure. Sure. Well, first thing is in the book Charlie talks about two pillars, okay? the pillar to business, success in business. And I think Wayne Gretzky said it best, the greatest hockey player ever. In the locker room afterward, the sportscaster said, Wayne, you're not very big. You don't skate fast. You don't have the hard slap shot. How are you the greatest ever? And he said, I don't know. I just skate to where the puck is going to be. Mm -hmm. And in business with your customers, it's all about where to skate to where the puck's going to be. What are they going to need in products and services? And we'll come back to that in a second. The other second part is you got to learn to love yourself. You've got to become your own best friend. In order to get through this, stuff's going to happen you can't control. So you have to accept the things you can't change, love yourself, and just make the most out of it. Stay in the present. Don't get fearful. Fears in the future. Fears what might happen in the future. Stay in the present, accept it, and say, how can I make it better? What do my customers need? Remember, we always get rewarded and direct proportion to the needs we fill. So take a look at your current customers and go out there and say, what are they going to need in the future? And then give it to them. That's a big, that's a big shot into, into what people are doing, finding that ideal customer, like narrowing it down into who your target audience is, who your target client, maybe like putting a face to that particular client. What is it that their needs are? And then developing a, a sales strategy around those particular needs. Is that, is that what I heard you say? Yeah, but, yeah, but don't even go on new customers. Your existing customers, their needs are changing. A friend of mine, Dan Burris, was talking about he consults with 
uh, convenience stores. And all of them were closing down and laying people off. And he said, no, you should be hiring people. They said, what do you mean? He said, you have customers. They can't go out anymore. Change from a convenience store to a necessity store. Hire the, the, the Lyft drivers, the Uber drivers, okay? Change your stock and go to your customers and say, hey, we can deliver to you what you need. So in every business you have, who have started, they have customers. How is it changing? What are they going to need? Give them what they want. I used to say to all our salespeople, pretend the customer has my money. Find out what they want, give them what they want, and they'll give you all their money back. And so that really is, everything starts and ends with the customer. And, Charlie, and how does piece, it, yeah, I was going to ask you. <laughs> uh, well, one of the pieces, it's not just imagining and asking in my head and, and thinking, well, what do they need? One thing that my dad did throughout his process in both companies was actually going to them and talking to them and saying, not here's what I can do for you, but where's the pain point? What hurts? What do you want? And, and once you figure out that, you can, you can give them what they want. One of the quotes that we use in the book is from Henry Ford, where you know, he says, if I'd asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Mm. He gave them a car. So people don't always know how to articulate what they want, but they know how to articulate what's not working. And with that, that gives us the data and the tools to come up with something that fixes it. And that's kind hey, of Aaron, let me let me yeah, tell right. you something for your for your entrepreneurs out there. What I found the most beneficial for myself when I walked into the most difficult customers I had, okay, I would ask them, "What would you like to do today that you can't that have the biggest impact on your life?" And they would say, "Business or personal." And I would always say, "Tell me personal." So you'd hear stories from these really hard, tough guys saying, I'd like to cure cancer because my mother's back from cancer, or I have a sick child, or this or that. Then they'll get to the business and they'll tell you, if they tell you what their number one biggest problem they'd like to solve is, you not know what their needs are. We might not be able to fill them. We might have to ask someone else. There's a great story where a hospital in Pittsburgh said, I have trouble moving the inventory from one, one floor to another. I have plenty of inventory. A friend of mine was on a board of one of the companies that had carts to move to the round, called him. He called the hospital, helped them out. Three months later, the buyer called me and gave me all their glove business. So the issue is find out what your customer really needs. What would they like to do they can't? And that will give you an idea of how you can satisfy them. See, in, in sales, a lot of times where people fall off is the communication after an initial transaction. Somebody comes to your place, buys a particular product or service, and then that's the end of the transaction. Nothing happens after that. And what you're describing here is exactly what you should be doing on, on a continuous basis with your existing clientele. It's not so much, what am I going to sell them next? It's establishing and enriching that relationship because you might not make a sale on the next call. However, like you said, you're helping them achieve a need. And guess what? That person is now uh, one of your raving fans. When they need something or when they think of, uh, of your product or service, they're going to think of you specifically and they're going to come back and talk to you. And that is a dynamic, uh, you know, that is a quality, a characteristic of really successful entrepreneurs. And that's also sadly a characteristic of people who don't succeed in business because they're very, very transactional. Charlie, you I told all our salespeople, you want to become their, your customer's trusted advisor. You want them to call you, not even on your own products, but you want to become a trusted advisor. I usually tell them, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. 
all of the best salespeople really care about their customers. If you don't care about customers, you might as well not be a salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. Or an entrepreneur. So the real issue is it's creating the heart-to-heart -heart relationships. People do things for other people in business because they like them, because they're connected to them. So the other thing is, you know, after we had Charlie and I were interviewed after the, we published the book, and they said to Charlie one time, so what'd you learn writing a book with your father? And she had a great comment I never thought of. She says, you know what? I, my friends and I used to think that asking for help was a weakness. But when I look at every single crisis my father got out of, he got out of it because he asked for help. And asking for help is actually a strength because when we only see through our own eyes, we have very few choices. When we ask for help, we have multiple choices. So we want to make sure when we get into crisis, we respond, we don't react. Reactive right away, only one of the choices. Responding is look what's out there, see who can help, and then take a step in the right direction. Charlie, what was it like seeing that growing up? Was it your dad was at work with, you know, turning customers all the time? Or does your dad have a lot of friends, like really good friends? Uh, he, he definitely has a lot of friends, but I also think it's it's easy to try and look at it and say, here's how it was like all along there's periods where we didn't see very much of him. You know, there's when, before I was born, when my brother was young and someone once asked, where's your dad? He pointed to the sky and the person like jumped back and was like, I'm so sorry. My mom goes, no, 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 no. Sorry. He meant he's in a plane. And so <laughs> there's different phases. So there's times where he really wasn't around times where he had wild working hours. And then as we got a little bit older, he was around more, but he, he definitely made the time count. And I think that's what's so important because I would rather have a parent who maybe isn't around for as much time, but is super present when they are than a parent that's always physically present, but never really there. So he definitely was busy quite a lot, but when he was with us, he was there a lot. And um, yeah, he also has, you know, we're part in, within San Diego, a lot of good friends, a lot of community. So I, I feel very grateful to have grown up not just in a super close-knit family, but overall in a super close-knit community. We had Richard. factories, Aaron. we had factories in Malaysia and Thailand, okay, starting in 1988, and we had offices in, in Europe. So I was traveling a lot and things like that. But we, when we got home, we got home. My wife and I helped uh, build the San Diego Jewish Academy in San Diego. So we got very involved in the community. You know, so it's, but I worked a lot, but you, know, you just gotta try and make time for your family because there's nothing more important. Well, I wonder, you know, managing employees, managing staff can get very overwhelming for a lot of people. And I find people who manage their home life very well tend to manage people very well. Charlie was saying that when you were home, you were present. When you're at work, what was the relationship like with managers or, or staff? Was it very similar where you're present and you're you're there, you know, or are you micromanaging or are you helping ensure processes were in place? Well, I evolved over time, okay? So I grew to become a much better uh, leader and manager. I mean, I always said managers get their authority from above, uh, from, from above and leaders get their, uh, their um, responsibility from below. And I tended to, we were very good. We had like a family. I mean, we hired people. I always believed that I worked for the people who worked, who reported to me. So I hired people who were smarter than me in any one area. But the whole picture, I was, I knew the whole picture. But I always told them, listen, okay, I work for you. Okay, I'll give you goals, direction, resources, and I'll help you with your learning. 
But if you can't figure something out, you tell me what you need. So I never took responsibility. Everyone had responsibilities, goals, and they told me when they needed help. At home, okay, I had an unbelievable, I still have an unbelievable wife, an angel who really kept the whole home front burning. Okay, she made me into a hero. So the time I was there, I tried to be as present as I could. Well, let's talk a little bit about our current situation. Uh, Charlie was saying before the show, she's got to spend a lot of quality time with you now, uh, especially in the last month or so with everything going on. Um, there's a lot of people who are, A, losing their jobs, but B, spending so much quality time at home. I was talking to my wife the other day. I go for a run usually in the evenings, uh, and I've seen something in the last few weeks that I hadn't seen since I was a kid. It's kids playing outside and riding their bikes and and, and having fun together as kids. Uh, you don't, you know, they're, they're getting over that. I, I've already seen too much YouTube. I've already seen everything on Netflix. Hmm. What's going on outside with that orange thing in the sky? Like I'm going to go outside and play, you know, for a little while. You know, that's something that's, that's really unique to this crisis. It's something that's very beneficial. That's a positive thing in this negative world stoppage. Um, what kind of advice can you give us? Can you give uh, our listeners to kind of cope through what we're going through and take advantage of the good things, but at the same time, prepare themselves so that they get out of this, like with a running start. Uh, Charlie, you want to take it? Do you want me to take it? Who's that for? Heard you with me? Oh, yeah. yeah. Either, yeah, yeah. either of you. Yep. Go ahead, Charlie. Sure. Well, I think there's, we can look at it at multiple levels because there's the work life and there's the personal life. And now those lines are really blurred. So I think one thing is just recognizing the amount of stress that people are under and being able to normalize expectations that tensions will come up. Uh, whether, you know, when you're home in a cramped space, when there's all of this different stress. And so being able to, adapt, I think is really key and adjust our expectations. So not saying, oh, if ever I get annoyed at my partner or my family, or, or there's any type of tension at work, letting that spiral and, and instead being like, okay, these things come up, you know, even in, in our family, which is super close, there's disagreements that can come up when we're all in, in close quarters. But I think what's really beautiful is that we will calm down quickly and we'll address it and we'll talk it through. And then that thing that could have brought us down actually becomes something that builds us up. It allows us to grow and become closer. Uh, so right now, becoming good at conflict and becoming good at facing hard moments could actually allow this to strengthen us rather than tear us down, both with our colleagues and at home. And, and, and you said you earlier, heard. you said earlier, Richard, that crisis meant change. And there's huge changes coming about. Like, Things, things where you thought your operation wasn't capable of surviving employees working from home are now thriving at home because they don't have no other choice. How, how can we use what we've kind of morphed into during this crisis to kind of catapult us forward? And so let's, let's understand that we have a crisis, but there are so many different buckets of people. In the healthcare space, people are dying. People have loved ones dying. They have a different experience of, of entrepreneurs who mortgaged their house and started a business that customers went away. They have an existential threat. Okay, There are others who are managing who have to lay off hundreds of people because the company won't make it. There are others where it's an inconvenience. Okay, So there's now one area that you can just say, here's what you do. I think what we have to do is really take a look at the situation we're in and really pick what are our goals. 
Okay, we got to stay healthy, keep those around us healthy, and try and see how we can get through this. This too shall pass. And if our business doesn't make it, okay, there are other opportunities. There are seeds of other opportunities. Every single entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur just about, did not end up where they started. So there are lessons to be learned here. All we can do is the best we can do. So A, we again, we have to keep loving ourselves and stay healthy. B, what is success? How do we measure success? Okay, and then as Charlie said before, take small steps to get from one to the next to the next. The bottom line is we have to stay connected. We can't get through this ourselves. So we have to stay connected to our family, our friends, our customers, and at the same time, realize that nobody knows the future. So we have to take a look at the present and keep saying, I, I kept saying to my, all our salespeople, create the future, don't change the present. Look what's happening, anticipate what the change is, and then start trying to move towards that. Okay, but build it a step at a time. And if we don't make it, okay, we're still good people. Separate your self-worth from your business. Be the best person you could possibly be. Okay, I say hug one somebody, but I'm not sure you're supposed to. But <laughs> love somebody. Okay, tell people you love them. Connect to them. You know, there's the way. The one thing I tell you do is when you're not feeling good about yourself, go do something for somebody else. For me. I'm in the process of going from success to significance. Success is what we create for ourselves and significance is what we create for other people. So right now I sit on boards and mentor other young entrepreneurs. I'm trying to help others. So no matter where you are, if you want trust, give trust. You want love, give love. You want money, give money. Okay, that's a universal truth in life. Just give and you'll feel so much better. It's amazing. And it's a, t- and it's a beautiful time to be giving. By the way, oh. there are so many people who who are in in you know it, it, whatever situation you are, there are people who are in worse situations, and you have the opportunity Absolutely. to give even if it's not uh, a monetary thing. You can give of time. You can give of your just a, a simple pick up the phone or send a DM or send a video. It could be something that takes somebody out of a very negative mindset and, and changes their entire day. So you're and also I, understand I, understand when you ask for anybody for help. You're allowing them to give. Mm-hmm. So you're giving them a blessing. Okay. So, I mean, I think great gratitude, forgiveness, meditation, there are all sorts of ways to get inside ourselves to help that energy come out and make the world a better place. So, tell me really quick uh, we're running uh, towards the end of our time here. Um, I, I've been posting on here so people can order the book. They can go to the website, crisisintosuccess.com. What was the purpose of, uh, you know, putting this book out and how, how, how beneficial or how detrimental has it been that you happen to be in a crisis when your book comes out? <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll leave that to the side. I think the issue is my goal now is how do I share the lessons I learned? Okay. And we put the, the book is at, at Amazon. It's on Kindle. We actually did it in an audio book. It was a great story. Going back to what you said about your daughter is I wasn't sure if I should do it myself or have a professional do it. And I asked my wife, my number one consultant, and she said, wouldn't it be nice to have something that, that if we had something to listen to my father or your father mm-hmm. for our kids, our grandkids to listen to. So I actually did it in my own voice. So again, I think at this point, uh, it's out there. Uh, also, people read the book and they have questions. They go to the website and send us questions and we'll answer their questions. 
either about the book or about their business. So we're here to help. So we're all in this together. Charlie? Absolutely. And I, I would say in, in terms of the book, you know, frameworks are great, but life is messy. And so that's really the way we approach the book is we, we lay out sort of themes and principles in, the, in that very beginning. But what it really is, is more of a novel. Here's what to look for. Here's what we're teaching. But we're not going to explain it in this nice, neat order. We're just going to show you in the moment of crisis, when things were messy, when my dad's feet were to the fire, what were the thoughts? What were the feelings? How did he get through that? Because I think those dips and those lows and those hard points, like that's where the magic and learning is. So I, for me, that was the most beautiful part is getting to pull that out of him and getting to know him in that way. But I think also in terms of learning, that's next experience. That's the next best teacher that you can have is being right there with someone mentally, emotionally, strategically as they're going through it. Yeah, I, I like that analogy because I, I used to use the same thing in a photo album. I'll age myself because, you know, when I was growing up, we look at photo albums and every time you turn a page, it's always smile after smile after smile. But that's not the whole truth. That's only the part of the truth. You know, in between those smiles are the tears are the frustrations are the angers. And that's really where your family unit, where your your relationships really harden. That's where everything gets really good and gets together is during the downtimes, not necessarily the uptimes. Everybody's happy about the uptimes, but we also got to remember to enjoy those up moments to, to and that's you know, where, And that's what Charlie really taught me. I mean, I, in the book, I learned so much about myself because she didn't let me stay in the happy moments. She had me dig back 30, 40 years the hardest times and it enlightened me on myself. I learned so much about myself opening up and it's those hard moments, okay, to be proud of. That's where we learn. Now it's a lot nicer looking back and going through it. Okay. But the idea is understand it happens for a reason. There's learning there. Once we learn those lessons, those bad things stop, other bad things happen. Life is a series of lessons, ups and downs. And we have to expect that and just make the most of it and be the best person we can. Absolutely. Guys, again, thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. A father-daughter duo writes a book <laughs> and it's nothing but uh, but amazing heartfelt moments. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be taking a look at it. I'm a big audio uh, reader, so I'm going to pick it up on audio. And then Richard, I'm going to be hearing your voice. You're going to be talking to Good. me. <laughs> uh, if you like it, please leave us a five-star uh, review. And if you have questions, go into the, uh, into the website and just ask us. Okay. Per Absolutely. I'd love to hear what you like about it, okay? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. And we're Stay healthy and safe. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.